Okay, I get to introduce. Cindy, are you coming up too, or just okay? I get to introduce Robert and Cindy, and and uh, we go we go way back. <laughs> Robert and I, uh, Cindy, you took some classes at ISB, didn't you? One class. Uh, we're classmates together at Inland Empire School of the Bible, a small, defunct, long defunct Bible college, and uh, uh, his hair was black, mine was brown. I had I had these three little ones. The only little one he had at that time was Cindy. <laughs> and and uh, uh, we've known each other all the way ever since. Neither one of us has ever left the area. Uh, we see each other about every couple of months. We get together with this group that I have on my notes, the old IESB guys. I don't, I don't know what the official, we don't have an official title, but a bunch of us get together uh, and, and do that. We get together for, for dinner at the Longhorn because... That's what we like to do. <laughs> uh, if you look at the picture of Clay in our church directory this year, or Clay's picture on the, on the wall, that's taken on Robert's boat, uh, where Clay caught the world's most impressive goldfish. No. <laughs> uh, Clay and I both got sturgeon on that trip and, uh, and had a lot of fun, and that was Robert's boat. So, if guys, you want to pin him down after he knows... He knows where even a guy like me can go catch a fish. Uh, I can say a lot of things. He's been involved out at camp for years and years. Most of our people who know him know, know Robert from there. Uh, I'd like to invite you guys both to come on up. They, they uh, met with the, the high schoolers and middle school class for Sunday school this morning. and I, I went down and peeked in the wall because, in the door because somebody was going long. And, and, uh, and I do this, and he smiled and did what he always does, which, which means he ignored me and just kept talking. <laughs> so we'll see how he does now. So uh, thank you. There we go. Well, that. Oh, Steve's the problem. <laughs> Yes, I could have told you that a long time ago. Uh, anyway, uh, it's really good to see each one of you. Can you hear me now? Okay, very good. Can you hear me? It's so good to see you guys. And uh, I'll give you a little bit of an update about health and all that for a little bit. But I kind of have to get this off my chest first. Um, and if you want to catch big fish... Clay is the one to go fishing with, yes, and uh, Clay's fish, monster size, but Clay, um, I, if you can agree with me, tell me that. Wasn't a little bit awkward when after Steve caught his fish, he actually cried? Wasn't, yeah. what, wasn't that a little awkward, Clay? Yeah, Clay, yeah, it was. <sighs> Uh, Clay said something about Steve losing his man card, and uh, Clay and I have extra man cards, so we just whipped out. So anyway, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for going, Clay, on that trip, and Pastor Steve, too. There, now I, that, I felt that was of the Holy Spirit. Are we agreed on that one? That was spirit-led sarcasm right there. Okay, very good. So uh, I'll start here, and then my wife will say something, and then I'll do a little preaching for you, torment you guys a little bit here. So uh, first thing, I'd like to humbly say that, uh, how do I say this? Um, I want to I communicate it as 
uh, heartfelt as it should be. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, your love of us, um, your uh, notes, uh, your financial gifts uh, to help us through this whole I'm so tired of hearing about COVID. I know you guys are too, right? Like, let's, let's move on. Uh, but uh, I thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, those were extremely dark days for not just me, but for my wife as well, as uh, she thought she was saying goodbye to her husband. And um, she did up a lot, the, uh, the insurance though, that right before that, so. <laughs> Uh, her motivation might not be as pure as what uh, we, we lead to believe here with my wife's sweet face. But uh, again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, 44 days in the hospital. Uh, yeah, that was exasperating. I know there's others that have had longer uh, trips to the hospital. Um, at, even now, when I happen to drive by Sacred Heart and praise the Lord for hospitals, but I have actually a little bit of a PTSD response. You know, it's just like, oh, there it is. Uh, but praise the Lord for the hospitals. So again, thank you. You guys ministered to us um, by way also of, uh, you know, the Lord is good. Uh, sometimes through difficult trials, you question those things. That's all right. The Lord's big enough to handle those, uh, those doubts and take care of that. Uh, but in the middle of uh, my uh, time in the hospital, one, one day um, the Lord brought a, uh, another young man to be my roommate in the hospital. And, of course, laying there very, very, very sick. Uh, but it wasn't too long, and I forget how many days he was my roommate. I don't remember that. But I remember it wasn't too long uh, while he was there. And he's, I don't know, he might have been 30 years old or something. Uh, pretty soon, I sensed a little nudge from the Lord saying, Rob, share the gospel with this guy. He, he, Rob, he's ready to harvest. And I have, I've brought him. Rob, share the gospel. And it was all I could do to put the mental function to do that, to share the gospel. Of course, I prayed and asked the Lord. I remember struggling with it, just going, okay, Lord, help me to communicate. And after I was done sharing the gospel with this young man, I asked my sister, would you like to trust Jesus as your Savior? And he says, yes, I would. So I got to lead him to the Lord, um, and Cindy had the honor of meeting him, too. She came to visit later that day as he was checking out. And I, I asked the young man, I said, would you like to tell my wife what you did? And he shared with my wife that he came to know Jesus as his a Lord that day. So uh, God in his sovereign and in his care of me, I love leading people to Jesus, uh, brought this young man. Uh, let's see, how much more do I want to share about that? Uh, is that probably good? Oh, yeah, I still have the long COVID thing. Uh, I'm no longer communicable. <laughs> right? All right. How many of you have I hugged already? Okay, right, right, right. I did give out some hugs. So uh, I'm not communicable, legit, okay. I still have a long COVID. Some, maybe all of you know what that long COVID is. I still have symptoms. I have to be careful. It's cut, Clay, it's cut into my fishing time. 
Okay, that's evil, isn't it, Clay? Yes. And uh, uh, anyway, um, so yeah, I've had long COVID now 21 months, I think, that's where it's at. So uh, yeah, I know, let's, uh, Lord. So we're still praying for that to get behind us. So, okay, I think I'm good with the health update. So again, we're humbled. Thank you, guys. Okay, Cindy, would you share, please? Oh, you're good? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll. So I'm supposed to share. One more thing, a very, very important, uh, is this. Um, let me. A week ago, my wife had a birthday. Yeah, 29. I, I, you know, I'm smart. Is Josh turned 29 this year? <laughs> I'm smart enough as a husband not to mention how old she is, but I'm 60 cents short of postage. Does somebody have 60 cents that they can give me? Yes. Does somebody have 60 cents? Okay. There you go. And does somebody have a room I can sleep in tonight? He, he bought me flowers a couple weeks ago. I'm pretty sure it was preemptive because of this. <laughs> and it doesn't bother me. It's like I'm upright and breathing. It's a good day, right? And if I'm not, I'm with Jesus. So, <laughs> um, so I'm supposed to share what I do in ministry. I, mean, we, I guess we do this pretty much every time we come. But um, one of my jobs is to be the secretary at home. So uh, when someone doesn't pick up messages, Pastor Steve, that would be my fault. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so do the paperwork and those kind of things. Um, sometimes I speak. I've had the privilege of sharing with the ladies here a couple times, so thank you. Uh, my favorite humans on the globe are teenagers, and so please send me your girls at camp. At, that's uh, I'm kind of my job at camp is to be Mama Cindy, so the girls nicknamed me. And I'm just there to encourage them, help them along. Um, if they get unruly campers, I can, I, I, being a girl, I can go into the camper sometimes, into the cabins. The, um, the deans can't go into the girl cabins. And sometimes uh, we have to, uh, have to wrangle even the girls. So, <laughs> uh, and I shared with the kids earlier that last year I had a couple girls that had some unruly cab campers and, I put my mom voice on to go deal with them. And after the fact, the two girls, the two cabin leaders are like, I never heard you talk like that before. <laughs> You're scary. <laughs> oh, and I spend quite a bit of time doing one-on-one -on -one with our teenagers. So if, they're, if they have struggles at camp or in their life, so it doesn't just happen at camp during camp time. Um, we'll get phone calls, emails, messages, uh, and sometimes we'll go meet up with the girls or I'll go meet up with the girls and uh, just be there for them. This, this world is so broken and there's so much. Um, I mean, I know we all think oh, it was hard being a teenager, but it's so hard to be a teenager now in this, uh, yeah, in this post-Christian society. Um, I guess this, sorry, the last thing we did at camp was to do the Bible conference. So we had the privilege of having... 
a table full of girls that we got to moderate for, and we studied the Book of Lamentations. I don't know who chose that one. <laughs> we, we all agreed at the end that our brains hurt because we spent five sessions going through those the chapters of Lamentations, and the kids learned how to observe and, and uh, tear that apart and see what the Lord is saying. How amazing. Uh, had more than one of the girls there tell us, I want to do this more. Can we come back? Can we do another retreat like this? Can we add this to the retreats? Can we do this at teen camp? Um, these kids are begging to study God's word. So how cool is that? So thank you guys for investing in Kokolala through us and through the other missionaries and supporting the camp. Um, it's changing lives. And that's our next generation of pastors and pastors' wives and and uh, board members, etc. We we need those kids to go out and, and be Jesus. So, squeal, no squeal. Okay, very good. Uh, back to Cindy's mama voice, okay? I might want to mention that. Uh, I can remember last fall, I wasn't feeling well, and but Cindy used her mama voice. I got up out of bed, I washed the dog, washed the cars, <laughs> painted the house, and confessed to every sin I ever did my entire life. So don't want to hear the Cindy mama voice, okay? And uh, even... I giggle, actually, when Cindy uses her mama voice. So uh, maybe that's not uh, the appropriate response that she's hoping for. Uh, but uh, she's too cute at that. Uh, so uh, praise the Lord. I'm back in ministry. I have to be careful how much I do. I'm back preaching in the pulpits. Uh, you might see some brain fog this morning. Just enjoy that, okay? And uh, feel free to say any sarcastic remarks that the Spirit may be leading. I'm going to say the spirit, not your spirit. And, uh, you know, for instance, last week I preached up at uh, Chowila. The week before, I was up at Northport Bible Church. You've heard of Northport Bible Church a few times. And so, um, anyway, so I'm back on the circuit tormenting uh, your brothers and sisters all over the place. If you want to know more about what we do as missionaries, holler at us, okay, at the when we have the food. Uh, so just say, hey, what all you guys do? We wear a lot of different hats, okay? So anyway, let me pray and we'll get started on to the sermon this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Lord, I do this. Uh, Lord, I, I praise you for these dear, sweet people, Lord. Uh, the people here in this whole Davenport and surrounding community. I thank you for them. I'm thank, I thank you for their love of you. I thank you how they... Uh, express their love of you by their encouragement of me and Cindy. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that um, would you bless each one here, uh, Lord, uh, in, in their own special way. Would you do that, Lord? Uh, that would be a blessing to me. Heavenly Father, I pray for this now, Lord. I'm going to pray for myself first. Lord, I, I ask you this. Help me missionary Rob, just to get out of the way now, Lord. And Heavenly Father, would you please use me? Help me, again, step out of the way. And Lord, use me for your purpose, for your glory. 
and uh, to love uh, these wonderful people here, Lord. And, uh, Lord, I ask you for this. Help nothing to get in the way of us to hear, perceive, and understand what you want to communicate to each one of us today, Lord. And I pray that for myself as well. Heavenly Father, I ask you for this too. Lord, would you please burn these truths deep into the hearts of each one of us, Lord? Lord, would you do that? Lord, you know how vulnerable we are. It's so easy for us to miss. And so, Lord, I ask you, Lord, I beg you, I pray for your, your Spirit's empowerment for each one here to hear and perceive, and because of that, to fall that much more in love of you, Lord, towards you. Heavenly Father, would you do that? So, Lord, empower me, and we love you, Lord. We pray for this in your Son's sweet name. Amen. Okay, very good. Um, yes, what I want to do is, uh, you know, it's interesting how uh, putting this sermon together, uh, it's, the title of the sermon is this, Back to the Basics. Okay, Back to the Basics. Uh, it's always good to re, uh, take another look at the basics, um, uh, con uh, confirm the foundation of our Christian faith, remind ourselves that, encourage each ourselves with the, the basics of the Christian faith. And along those lines, where I'm going to, interesting, uh, I'm going to be preaching from John 3, 16, 17, and 18, how long or how much I preach from John 3, 16, 17, and 18 is a little bit of a mystery. Uh, so uh, this will probably be more introduction um, to a series. So have me back, okay? Would you do that? Uh, preferably on uh, buffet day. Buffet, yeah, uh, potluck day, okay? I want to schedule me out on every potluck day from now till and until Jesus comes back. Yes, sister. Uh, the rapture, yes. I'm okay if the rapture, rapture happens and I've got a chicken leg in my mouth, okay? <laughs> there I go. Uh, anyway, that's a funny visual picture, isn't it? You're, you're all seeing that. Now I ask you this. Please let that picture not be the only thing you learn in the sermon this morning, okay? I have begged the Lord all week. I have. And you've heard me here just a minute ago begging the Lord on this. So uh, let me read to you John 3, 16, 17, and 18. Uh, you guys all know this passage very well, Luke, John. 3, 16, 17, and 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. What a phenomenal and a beautiful passage of Scripture. The love of God, for us to understand the love of God, and this is one of those things, one of those great truths of the Scriptures that um, it's pretty easy to take for granted 
You know, we hear this all the time. We know the songs. Jesus, I'm not going to, well, I'm tone deaf. Singing for you is not a good experience. Uh, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. We hear that over and over and over, and rightly we should. It's interesting, uh, the importance to having a depth of perception about the love of Jesus is imperative to our Christian faith. Imperative to our Christian faith. Satan is not a stranger to that. So it's no wonder why Satan tries through his means and ways, through uh, sowing doubts in our minds, experiences of ours that tend to um, lend some form of credence that maybe God's love is something less than what we believe it to be. So interesting, a passage of scripture I want to read to you. This is, this is brand new. This, I just came up with this in the worship service, okay? So um, let me read to you uh, Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, yeah, we'll do uh, 14 through 19. Okay, 14 through 19, NIV versions where I'm at here. So this, again, is developing the imperative of understanding and how big and broad the concept of God's love is. So big that it takes a work of God to perceive it, the, the extent of God's love or a, another depth of, the, of God's love. I don't know, will we ever understand the totality of God's love? Oh, boy. I, yeah, I think we're not, but we're going to have uh, leaps and bounds. Uh, don't you look forward to the, uh, now I'm getting Jesus bumps. Here we go. Don't you look forward to the day when we get to see Jesus? Oh, uh, the rapture is 23 the year. Come, I'm, I'm speaking for all of you, I know. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Uh, whether by rapture or we pass away, uh, to the youth, do we have the uh, teenagers in here still? We do. Yes. Remember, Wednesday's wide open still. Wednesday's wide open. So I had a nice chat with the teenagers. I told them in ministry I do funerals, and then I says I have an opening on Wednesday. Who wants to take that? <laughs> so uh, that's a good thing. It'll be a very nice service. Okay, for him. <laughs> I'm open Wednesday. Okay. Uh, anyway, I'm, I probably should go back to reading the scripture here at this point. <clears throat> For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may, be he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. We talked about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in high school class today. The ministry of the spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established. Oh, here we go. Rooted and established in love. Rooted and established in love. May have power together with all the saints to grasp. I love this picture. To grasp how wide, how long, and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. What? It surpasses knowledge. Uh, 
that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of all the fullness of God. Let me read to you out of the Amplified Version, verse 19. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. That's a, such a beautiful passage. I'm going to back up one verse in the NIV here. Uh, being rooted and established in love, verse 18, may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. Interesting, when I, uh, uh, I enjoy hunting, okay, and fishing, of course. It just ministers me to choke the life out of some innocent animal. Amen? Amen? Yes. Nobody's raising their hand. I'm... All right. <clears throat> they are taking me back, Cindy, back to the hospital as soon as the feeding is done. So, uh, yes, I remember hunting with my dad in North Idaho. And we'd go up and hunt elk and deer in the, the high mountains uh, in uh, north central Idaho. And gorgeous, gorgeous territory up there. I'll always look forward to uh, or appreciate the memories I have of hunting with my dad up there. And in my backpack, I always carry one of those um, Gideon Bibles, those small ones, uh, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. And so when I'm out there hunting, I'll pick a, a spot in the morning, um, and have my devotions. And interesting, I, I won't forget this either. Um, the day I was going through this passage in Ephesians, I was on the top of a mountain, and guess what I could see? A giant mountain range, and it was gorgeous. The fall colors were still on, but the top of the mountains were frosted with snow, absolutely beautiful. And I looked at that mountain range, and I could see how long, how high, how wide, and how deep. Oh, here goes the Jesus bumps again. And it really just stuck with me. And I praise the Lord for that day. Imperative that we have an understanding of God's love of us. And that we protect that. And ask God to protect that. Um, I have asked the Lord myself to... You know, I've been a Christian 52 years, yes, almost 50, in August it'll be 52 years. By the way, I have a birthday too, it's not as important as Cindy was, but uh, coming up this, this week, okay. Um, anyway, I won't tell you how old I am, and Cindy, you can't have the microphone right now. Okay, she's getting sassy with pray for me, okay, pray for me. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, what I want to do now is touch, see this is still all introduction, there's a truth that comes up out of this verse that I have begged the Lord to burn, etch into your minds, and also down to the depths of your hearts. So Lord, please help us. Lord, would you do this? Um, you know, one of the things that maybe you're like I am, we know so much scriptural truth. Is it is scriptural? Is our scriptural truth that we know something that's just up here, or has it settled down here in the heart too? I have a whole lot of it up here, and I'll be honest with you, there's some here that needs to be growing, 
And this is one of the areas. Lord, help me to understand a new depth of God's love. So anyway, Luke 19.10, okay, I'm going to bounce over to here. This verse, I promise you, um, we're going to hook up on this one, okay? So um, I'm going to preach this verse, and again, uh, next time it's, uh, you have a meal at church, invite me, I'll come and uh, uh, we'll go with the next uh, part of this uh, sermon series. So Luke 19.10 states this, For the Son of Man, Jesus is speaking, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. What we see in this beautiful verse is the mission of Jesus, or one of the missions of Jesus. Another mission of Jesus that we can add is this, that Jesus came to glorify the Father. We see that in scriptures too, our Heavenly Father. And one way he does that is by seeking and saving what was lost. This is getting back to the basics of why Jesus came to earth. He came to seek and to save the lost. That's why all of us are to be involved in this. We're all to come up. This is why Jesus came, to seek and to save the lost. That's why we're part of this. It's important to be praying for your neighbors to get saved, praying for your loved ones to get saved, your family members to get saved, the politicians to get saved. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes, they desperately need Jesus. Okay. So we're all to be involved in, uh, in leading people to Jesus. So let's take a look at this verse for a bit. The account here in Luke 19 is about the story of Zacchaeus. We love the story of Zacchaeus. And he's a tax collector, meaning he was hated. Okay. Uh, the vast majority of them were deceitful. They skimmed off the top, etc., etc., etc. Jesus is now uh, very near the end of his three years of public ministry. Jesus is heading to Jerusalem to die on the cross. That's where he's headed. He's headed to die on the cross for our sins. On his way to Jerusalem, he enters the town of Jericho. Now, a little bit of trivia about the town of Jericho, okay? The town of Jericho exists today. This is the same town that you remember that in Joshua chapter 6, that Joshua and the army of Israel marched each of six days around once, and then with the priests in front of the ark carrying their trumpets, and then on the seventh day, marching around Jericho seven times, and now the priests blowing their trumpets, and the Israelites shouted, and the walls of Jericho came down, and the Israelites conquered the city. Okay, some more facts about Jericho. Here's some trivia for you. Jericho is believed to be the oldest city in the world. Isn't that cool? That's fascinating to think about. The oldest city in the world. And I believe, I, I, I read the scriptures literally, and so I believe in a young earth. So uh, the earth, you know, 6,000 odd years, somewhere in that uh, uh, vicinity. It's, it's the age of the earth. So uh, it's, Jericho's current population in 2022 is 20,416. Also, Jericho, it is the lowest city in the world at 846 feet below sea level. Fascinating. Jerusalem, which is only 15 miles to the west, is at an altitude of 2,575 feet. That's why when you read the scriptures and the disciples or whoever says, let us go up to Jerusalem, they go up to Jerusalem, 
okay? Interesting, at where I live there by Jump Off Joe Lake, it's 2,000 feet. Here, I, I looked it up uh, yesterday, it, almost 2,400 feet here. I had no idea. Wow, fascinating. Okay, Archeo back to Jericho. Archaeologists have unearthed the remains of more than 20 successive settlements in Jericho. What takes place is a group of people build a city, a city is for protection, etc., etc. Uh, pretty soon somebody invades the city, they knock it down flat. Well, hey, guess what? That makes a nice platform to build the next city on, and then the next city on, and the next city on. If you go back to Israel, I recommend that for each and every one of you to go to back to Israel multiple times, but let's get you at least once. You'll see... Um, ancient cities, they're called tells, where it's a triangular shape that they have built, uh, you know, every, every new uh, town that they built on top of each other gets narrower and narrower and narrower, and it goes up in triangular shape. So fascinating back there. Okay, 20 su successive settlements in uh, Jericho. Jericho is part of the disputed West Bank territory in Israel and is under full Palestinian control. Cindy and I were only able, when we were back there, to see Jericho from the highway as we were in the bus. I know some friends of ours that had just recently gone back there, and they were allowed to go into Jericho. Uh, the population of Jericho back in the Old Testament, when Joshua and the Israelites conquered it, was around 2,500 people, and that would be around 1471 B.C., and, that, and Joshua was 59 years old. So, Cindy, honey, even though you're... 60, uh, you still got lots of work that I can expect out of you. Okay, uh, I'll be needing a place to stay tonight. So uh, uh, anyway, uh, last bit of trivia for Jericho is that the population of, of Jericho back in the Old Testament, when Joshua and the Israelites conquered it, oh, I've already met it, mentioned it, 2,500 people. Then 1,504 years later, Jesus came through. The population of Jericho was between two and 3,000. That would have been in the year 33 AD. And again, the current population today is 20,416. Okay, there's your trivia about Jericho. You know all about it. Okay, verse uh, Luke 19.10 again states this, and as we uh, take a chunk, uh, a chunk of, uh, at a time of this passage. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. One more time. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. First of all, let's take a look at one of the names of Jesus, uh, the Son of Man. The name of Jesus here is Son of Man. This was the favorite name of Jesus that he used of himself. And only a couple of other people in the New Testament called Jesus by this name. Of the 86 times that the name Son of Man is used in the New Testament, 80 times it is Jesus calling himself this name, the Son of Man. Moving onward. The Son of Man came. Okay, the Son of Man came. Is there significance here? There is. He, Jesus, came. This denotes Jesus' purpose. He came. This denotes Jesus' priorities. He felt it extremely important to come. Jesus came. He came from where? John 1 and 2 states this. In the beginning was the Word. Word being yet another name of Jesus. 
In the beginning, the scripture says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. So Jesus was with God. Cool. How about we'll get down a little bit more to the point. John 3.13 states this. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. This is Jesus' own words again, and he uses that name again. Uh, Jesus tells us that he came from heaven. Also, he is currently back in heaven. As we currently speak, Hebrews 12.2, I love this passage. You guys know it. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus came. This was a priority of Jesus. This is one of the basics of Jesus' ministry to mankind. Jesus came. He didn't have to. Jesus came. Something motivated Jesus to come. Hmm. Why would Jesus come? For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Hmm. Luke 10, 19 continues, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. To seek and to save what was lost. Okay, we're coming up on the truth that I've begged the Lord to etch permanently into our minds to help us understand yet the, another layer, depth of the love of God. We, each one of us, was lost. I'm going to use bad English here. But Jesus seeked us. We were lost. But Jesus seeked us. Better word, sought us. Remember the great hymn, uh, Victory in Jesus? Um, he sought, thank you, he sought, oh, more Jesus bumps. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. Jesus sought you. Jesus sought you. Again, this is what I want this is a, what, if, take other stuff away too from this, this morning, but please grasp hold of this. We're really trying to anchor up that concept of the love that Jesus has for us. Okay. Jesus sought after us. So humbling to think of Jesus. Oh, the creator of the universe. How can we perceive? That's why that passage in Ephesians 3 says, hey, it's, a, it's a bigger than knowledge. Yeah, agreed. No argument. Lord, help us to understand. So Jesus sought us, the creator of the entire cosmos. And if you want to be refreshed on that, um, John's Gospel, chapter 1, Colossians, chapter 1, Hebrews, chapter 1, states that Jesus is the creator. And praise the Lord, we have Easter, Resurrection Sunday coming up too. That's cool. Colossians goes on to state that, you were wondering, why is Rob tying that one in? You'll see. Uh, Jesus is not only the creator, but he is the sustainer. Jesus is the sustainer. So you molecularly, mo mo yeah. at the molecule level, 
molecularly. I am from Stevens County. We're only allowed three syllables, okay? Three, that's tops. I went for five and then, yeah, down we go. Uh, so again, Colossians uh, chapter one, Jesus is the creator and the sustainer. Now what does that have to do with Easter? All molecular matter holds together by the power of Jesus. The iron nails of the cross. Oh boy. At the mere whim of Jesus, he could have vaporized the molecules, but he stayed there. And why did Jesus stay there? For God so loved the world. No. He's the system. Really? He held those. Jesus, help us. Yes. The creator of the entire cosmos, seeking, so humbling to think of this, the creator of the entire cosmos, seeking after little bitty you and little bitty me. Right? The creator of the cosmos? And he took it upon himself to be thinking of you and thinking of me personally? You know, yes. For how long? Well, eternity passed, Ephesians 1, 4. Uh, But he, hold on. Here we go. Let the Rolodex, I don't have a hard drive, it's still a Rolodex. But, But he chose us and him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Oh, man, before the creation of the world. Okay, amazing. Little bitty you, little bitty me. God seeking you, God seeking me, okay? And this is not God seeking us as a mass congregation, but it's God personally. Each one of you. Why do you think Jesus came through Jericho? Yeah, and he told Zacchaeus, uh, he says, I must go to your house today, Zacchaeus. Oh, there it went again. Jesus bumps. I must go to your house today. Why? Jesus sought Zacchaeus, that dirty, rotten, low-life sinner. Jesus seeks sinners. Thank you, Jesus. A verse that comes to my mind is this, 1 John four nineteen. We love... Okay, we love, why? Because he first loved us. Did Jesus love us? Did God the Father love us? Yeah. What a, excuse me, a phenomenal demonstration of love that God himself sought you and I out personally. Yours and my salvation did not come about by some accident. It was not an accident. You and I did not receive eternal life by random events taking place. You and I getting saved was done by our purposeful God. In your life, in your and my life, God orchestrated events in your life. God orchestrated timing in your life. God orchestrated people in your life. God even orchestrated preparing our hearts so we would be receptive when we heard the gospel so that God can give us eternal life. I beg you, 
let that truth wash over you, allowing this to permeate your mind and your heart. Just let that soak in. The creator, the sustainer, and he saw little bitty Robbie McDowell. That's what my family used to call me. Now, what's a bunch of you will call me Robbie. I'm, I'm strong enough to handle that, okay? I'm, I'm not insecure, okay? We, I can handle that. Again, John 4:19. We love because he first loved us. The act of love it is that God took the thought, the time, the circumstances to see you and I saved is such a profound act of love, it escapes our ability to totally comprehend and assimilate. Mind blown. Even with you and I just starting to comprehend and assimilate this truth will cause us to, what? Fall in love with Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Please, Lord, help us not take that for granted. Help that to soak in. What about sin? Okay, what about sin? <clears throat> I, the Reverend Missionary Rob McDowell, am a sinner. I was a sinner. I am a sinner. And I will be a sinner until my body is placed in the grave. At that point, that miserable sin nature stays there. Oh, won't that be a nice day? Get to see Jesus and sin is done? Really? Praise the Lord for that. Bring it on. Today, I brought some Kool-Aid with me. I'd appreciate it if all of you were to drink some Kool-Aid. Yeah, before you go home, just take a little sip. Won't take much. If any of you... <laughs> if any of you owe me money, I'd appreciate you giving that to me before you do that, though. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Let me just enjoy that for a little bit, okay? <laughs> yes. Sin. Don't expect yourself to be without sin. Please don't expect yourself to be without sin. You will sin. You will. Jesus already, he already knows that. And he's already died for those. The sins that you'll commit today, and guess what? You commit some today. The ones you commit tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Jesus has already paid the price for that. Part of the job, responsibility of a Christian is to be aware of sin in your own life and to, with God's help, wrestle with it. Yeah, to wrestle with it. If you don't know that you are sinning, here's a fun one. Just pray and ask God to show you. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> if, you don't have to be nervous. God already knows. Okay? And if you're a little dense about how you're sinning, and we do all have blind spots, just ask the Lord. He loves you, and he will patiently, sweetly, and kindly say, well, missionary Rob, this one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with that one. Okay, and there's been many, many, I can't tell you how many times that I've come before the Lord. I love having short accounts on sin with the Lord. 
But I can't tell you how many times I've come before the Lord and said, Lord, it's me again. This again. Lord, without your help, this will not be uh, taken away. Okay. One way to know where you're at with your love of God is the scripture. So that's a good question. Where are you at with your love of God? In the scripture, seven times it says you're to love your Love, you're to love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, body, and mind. It's, it's uh, either four in the Old Testament or three in the New or three in the Old and four in the New. Yeah, seven times, yes. The question then becomes, so let me read it to you, the verse. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. If you love me, you will obey what I command. There's the concept of repentance right there. The question becomes this, is how well are we obeying Jesus? That tells us where we're at in our love of Jesus. Now remember, you're still sinners. That's always going to be there. Don't let that beat you down. That would be Satan. Satan one of Satan's biggest school, uh, tools is discouragement. Okay. Jesus still loves you. And, oh boy, another sermon i got to preach sometime for you guys. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5.21, imputed righteousness of Jesus. Oh, because of the work of Jesus on the cross, God the Father now sees Jesus' holiness. Oh, another reason to love Jesus. Okay, this is getting out of control here. One more thought on the subject of Jesus seeking. One more thought. I'll try to wrap it up here. Prudently. Uh, we've been looking at uh, Luke 19.10, the story of Zacchaeus, how he got saved. Uh, so Luke 19.1 through 10 is the whole story. The story explains how Zacchaeus was a short man, had a desire to see Jesus. Guess where that came from? And the only way that he could see Jesus in the crowd was to climb up in a sycamore tree. Now knowing that Jesus seeks us, Jesus seeks I really wish I could go around, grab each one of you right by the lapels. I'll take a breath mint first. Get, pull you up really close, look into your beautiful eyes, and, and tell you, Jesus sought you. Little bitty, he sought you. He sought you. Zacchaeus had to climb up into a sycamore tree, knowing that Jesus seeks us. Three thoughts here. That is why Jesus came to Jericho, I must go to Jericho. I die in just a few days, sweeping through Jericho on my way up to Jerusalem. Um, that's why Jesus came to Jericho, to seek Zacchaeus. Maybe others, too. When we get to heaven, we can ask Jesus that. Number two, Jesus gave Zacchaeus beforehand the desire to see Jesus. Cool. Three, question, more of a statement. Did Jesus decades, at least years, if not decades, probably more like decades, did Jesus beforehand make sure that there was a healthy, growing sycamore tree planted there? Did it, was it a bird that Jesus, in his power and sovereignty, picked up a seed, drop it there? Was it a, a farmer that uh, wanted a sycamore tree planted there? Guess what? I'll throw my hat in with that one. Sycamore tree. They live up to 600 years, and they're up to 90 feet tall. Okay. 
last part of that verse. I'm just going to rip through this. To save what was lost. Save means deliverance from danger and suffering. And loss means spiritual destitution and alienation from God. Could you imagine? Actually, it's really difficult to totally imagine that. But we can imagine at least to some degree of that. Uh, the concept of hell. But yet Jesus sought you to give you eternal life. Humbling. Romans 12.1, yes, I'm wrapping up. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Amplified version states this, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties, as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intentional service and spiritual worship. I'm reminded of the hymn, and I'm closing with this, when I surveyed the wondrous cross, Isaac Watts wrote it in 1707. Last, uh, last two verses communicates Romans 12.1 so good. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine, if it was all mine, that were a present far too small. Love so amazing and so divine demands my soul, my life, my all. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for your word. Heavenly Father, I praise you for you. I praise you for your son, Jesus. I praise you for your Holy Spirit. Uh, and Lord, I, again, I beg. Heavenly Father, would you please burn deeply this concept and help us not to forget this idea that you sought us. Lord, you loved us so much that you sought us. Lord, we praise you for that. Heavenly Father, I, I, I ask you this too, Lord. Heavenly Father, if there's somebody here that has not yet trusted your son, Jesus, as their Savior and would like to right now, Lord, I ask you this, that in the quietness of their heart, that they will pray this prayer. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Jesus, I am a sinner. I need you as my Savior. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, being buried, and then three days later, three days later rising from the dead. Save me, Jesus. Give me eternal life. Love you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, please bless. Help us to learn and grow to love you more each day. We pray for this now in your son's sweet name. Amen.